yesterday we had this family of th three babies and the mom that were all black. Today was a cinnamon mom and three cinnamon cubs. Three cinnamon cubs, yeah. So that and they they looked identical, but you could one of them was quite a lot more bold than the other two. It was uh, a coyote den, and the, there was two pups standing on top of the den. There was another one that we saw later down in the grass. It's like being lost in a, in a forest fairy tale. Yeah. If you moss on the trees and some mountain rivers that meander through it. Kind of place where you want to have a compass. Every day is an adventure. Every day is an adventure. The things you would never expect. Each day we've, we've had uh, wonderful experiences that we could never have predicted. Alright, so we're back in after uh, day two in the Rocky Mountains. And Ron and I have got back into the cabin where we're staying uh, these days. Uh, before Mike got back, uh, we were traveling in a different region today, trying to cover more ground. And so we're just going to take a few minutes, and uh, Ron and I are going to update all you folks on day two of this adventure we're having in early June in the northern Rockies and what our experiences were because we had a pretty fantastic day out there as far as sightings and a couple of really cool uh, photographic and animal behavior encounters that we enjoyed today and it was a beautiful day all types of weather we had sun and cloud and uh, some rain but of course in the Rockies here thankfully the rain comes and, and goes very quickly at least it has today and so it gives us a lot of variable lighting conditions and uh, a lot of opportunity to photograph throughout the day which here in June being close to this only a few weeks from the solstice it starts at 6 a.m. and finishes around as far as shooting, as late as 10 p.m., and I think now, if I have a quick glance at the time, it's 10.30, and we're back in, as I said, back in the cabin, and we're just downloading memory cards and downloading the day, talking about the day, and making plans going forward for the rest of this trip. But this is just day two, and there's been so much happening already. It's been super exciting. So in the morning, the uh, light was good, and we found... Well, actually, this morning, yes, right out of the gate, it was... We got ourselves into a little bit of a rainstorm. Right. We drove about an hour looking for wildlife, and it looked like everything, the weather was just going to sop in, and we were going to yep. be stuck with pouring rain all day. So we did a, a 180 and, and went up a different route, mm -hmm. and, and it quickly improved. It, it paid off quickly, yeah. Uh, we did find uh, a sow black bear that we knew to have three cubs the year, and uh, initially... It was it was just the sow that we saw. Um, we did find her in another location, and the the cubs were out at that time, and they you know like uh, like bear cubs do. They were they were playing, they were tussling, climbing trees, putting how, on a how show. How much fun is that? I mean, really, of all the things we see yep. in wildlife and nature and in our travels, I mean, bear cubs, especially cubs of the year, mm -hmm. it's amazing given their age and the amount of limited experiences they've had and they're just living life to the fullest yeah absolutely playing wrestling biting yep. fearless but you know watchful for mom's advice kind of thing but climbing trees just tackling the world right yeah so and and getting to know their world yeah well, exploring in a big way and mm -hmm. uh, observing that is so much fun let alone photographing it photographing it is super tricky Right, it is because they're not they're 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 four tiny. inches tall <laughs> they when they're tiny. on all fours. So if there's any vegetation, any grass, any branches, right, you know, it takes a lot of patience to get to wait for one of these super cute cubs. They don't stop hardly ever moving. So you know, having the right 
situation where you can get a nice clean enough image of them without vegetation Absolutely. obscuring yep. them with catch light and uh, so I think they're one of the animals that are most difficult to photograph and require most patience because I mean it's not it's not difficult to be patient because they're so entertaining yeah but to actually come away with really high quality images it it, it, it takes that time um, to watch and, and wait for them to present themselves and when they climb trees it makes it easier too because if they have to pause yeah, on a limb up, and peek around or something yep, get up above and and basically you're just you're following them but you're just waiting for that opportunity to get the eyes um get their get their face in focus um and about those little paws those little claws little already right How tiny and yeah already grabby and they can climb strong, a tree climb, like nothing. shooting up a tree like yeah. it was walking on flat ground that's 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 a good analogy because so. it's so fast and they're so confident right up to the top out on the limbs hanging by yeah. two paws upside down this way that way you know and and, uh, and yeah it was what, amazing to watch yesterday we saw one fall out of the tree and just right back up they go not it, from a terrible height but not, yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. it was low still. but yeah they uh they don't seem to have any fear whatsoever and they don't they don't seem to have any hesitation to explore new new territory or, or new events we saw them in the trees today we saw them on rocks kind of bouldering and saw them take some tumbles off the rocks as well and try to get try to get up on the rocks right. first of all but yeah they don't they don't hesitate and it doesn't take them long to conquer it either oh that's right yeah very so, courageous little creatures yeah so. and and what was interesting today i mean only for day two in the Rockies for this trip for us and, and for you was that yesterday, this is a rare situation to get triplet cubs of the year, right. right? So we are so fortunate to have found these bears and are so lucky to have had the right conditions and light and and be able to, to work with them and, and collect some imagery and, and film over this time. Mm -hmm. But what was what's even beyond that, what's really surprising, you know, there, it's that rare to find triplet cubs, but yesterday, we photographed a black bear cell, sow, sorry, that is a black color phase with three black color phase cubs of the year. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about on yesterday's podcast, you know, a cell might mate with two or three or four boars or male bears. And in this region, there are a lot of cinnamon or chocolate color phase black bears. Um, technically, there's cinnamon. And so it's most often you get, if there's more than one cub of the year, the other one's usually a different color. Um, and with three being all the same color, that's, from my experience all these years, that's quite rare to discover and even uh, rarer to, to be able to photograph. So going off of that, yesterday we had this family of th three babies and the mum that were all black. Today was a cinnamon mum and three cinnamon cubs. Three cinnamon cubs, yeah. So that... And they, they looked identical, but you could... One of them was quite a lot more bold than the other two. And and he was not afraid to show himself. Right. He uh, he gave us some unbelievable opportunities. I, you know, there are opportunities you you dream about as a photographer, um, but he did it nonstop a couple different times. I mean, it was just one after the other. He'd climbed under mom's legs. He was, you know, nose to nose, face to face with mom at one point in time. Almost touched noses which is a great kind of intimate moment that you can capture. Um, but all the while, what, what makes it even tougher is you've got three of those little buggers running around, and it's w which one do you keep your eye on? 
So you've got to kind of pick and choose your opportunities and behavior. And you might be watching two of them when all of a sudden, you know, there might be a, a shutter cracking elsewhere Yeah. that that's... uh somebody else had the opportunity to to capture an image that you didn't even see because you were having so much fun watching the other young cubs yeah so you have to kind of keep your peripheral vision going and and mm -hmm. i i happens to me frequently because if one cub looks like it's going to present itself in a, in a way that is clear of vegetation enough to make a good image but the other two are are frisking off to the side you know you don't know what's going to happen so you really mm -hmm. have to keep your head uh, moving and and for the opportunity because you know ultimately we don't have that long in this type of situation you know right. if we have 20 minutes i mean that's a long time that we're able to photograph them because as soon as we're on this back road and we found them within proximity enough to the road for our equipment to be able to capture these images but as soon as they wander back into the woods of course um they're gone right because it's a sow with cubs and off they go and 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 we definitely let them go at that point but this was an opportunity right. from the roadside on this back logging road that we were able to to view them and and film them and for 20 minutes, you, I mean, you don't notice a time. Time stands still because you're mm -hmm. in this zone. And it's so exciting to watch them. And you're watching mom and, and the behavior and, and for any possibility of, of that kind of behavioral interaction. Um, but it's fleeting. Even uh, Time seems like it stands still, but it, uh, 20 minutes goes by quickly because you're watching so much and trying to maximize it. And one thing, you know, as far as a tip in this type of scenario for wildlife photography, and especially now with digital and, and the opportunity to take a lot of images on memory cards compared to the old days, um, make sure my advice is shoot lots because they're moving so quickly and these little cubs move, they blink their eye, their paws move. Um, and so you really want it on a high motor drive. And of course, you're going to shoot 10 and eight of them won't be good. But that's the best way to get that amazing image for such a highly active little animal and in this situation and you only have 20 minutes and, and you don't know how long it'll last let's say but and it, i've learned this by trial and error where i've i've been conservative i'm going to wait for the exact uh composition i'm hoping for and at the end of the shoot i go through my images and it's like well i've got six good images but i know more happened i wish i just and i know a lot of people call it just blasted more on, on high motor drive and when when there's any possibility of a good image coming out of it I highly recommend in this type of rare scenario to take extra images and, and mm -hmm. don't hesitate to do that because you will be able to collect that amazing shot. The catch light appeared in, you know, one out of the eight in that motor burst, just the way the little cub was moving. Or right. when it interacted with mom, you know, I, I was able to get an image today when a cub came up to a dandelion and they're exploring this world and they're following mom's mm -hmm. lead and it was eating dandelions. And just before it, the bit the dandelion off um, the flower touched his nose so for me for a lot of my market that's a very cute image and I and by seeing it approach the dandelion and just holding the motor drive down I got that one shot right, right before it ate it and you know didn't blink coming up it, so it's a good point that, that high movement yeah absolutely and and that's why I had to back up tonight Right, that's <laughs> because why you're you, on the computer. At you this do. Late I hour. mean, there are there are opportunities where you're shooting one or two shots. You're you're shooting for that hundred percent keeper. Um, but even Mark Raycroft, I'm sure. Oh, slow down, slow down. <laughs> has no. a few has a few shoots where they're not a hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's something like this. Like Mark said, this is a low percentage shoot. But right. but when you get them, they're when amazing. you get them, they're awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. a highlight reel, uh, memory image for the yeah. trip and, and for our careers and a day like that shooting like that in burst mode 
if you keep 10%, I would say that's probably fairly that'd, liberal. You're, that'd be great. Yeah, that that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and But like I said, there are times where you're going out and you've got the subject and you know where you want them and you know kind of the behavior that you're looking for. And, and so you do. You just kind of hold off and you just wait for those moments. But this was one of those, like you said, that was a good point. You don't act, you absolutely don't know what they're going to do next. And so when they give you the opportunity, when you can see those eyes and see more of their body, see the activity, then, yeah, capture it all and sort it out later. Absolutely. In this scenario, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. worth it. Even if it looks like they're going to do something that will create the image you want, try for it. Um, You know, I say it differently. If you're photographing a mature bear, you wait for the bear to look up because they have small eyes and you, you need that catch light in their eye. But these little cubs really just fly along whatever terrain they're on and and because if they're so low profile and the vegetation obscuring so much of their movement you just have to try and it, it is more editing later but it's worth yeah, it to get that one shot is. and those surprise shots come out of those bursts they do um another, another thing i want to touch on before we, we leave this cub photo shoot discussion is important for our listeners in, in that the equipment we use right and you know, obviously, smartphones are awesome. They are the the ability of these cameras to capture high quality images and in different formats and uh, different media, whether it's stills or video, it's getting better every year. And we enjoy using those to tell our story. And that's going to come up in a moment in our podcast. But <laughs> and not with the bear cubs, about each other when we filmed each other. And, uh, and I'll get to that in a moment. But when it comes to the cubs and any kind of wildlife that you know you have to be respectful of yeah absolutely. we're not we're not doing anything serious with the smartphone obviously because there's no significant telephoto capability we need to maintain a respectful distance so that the animals are comfortable they don't really pay any attention to us because we're far enough away in this scenario and that allows us to capture the images um, because they're behaving as as they would naturally and to do that we use large telephoto lenses and mm-hmm. today's situation we had a couple of different things going right and yeah so i used the two i was using the two to five and the stabilizer handheld but i want to touch on and if you watch our um on the youtube channel you'll see that our storyline today with our short video clips about this and a discussion about ron's lens showing it there as well uh, that he used today and maybe you can tell our yeah, listeners so why you opted for that you bet one of the you know, looking at these guys' images from past trips, uh, Mike's and Mark's, and and the images that others have gotten up here, one of the things I noticed is it seemed to be a great opportunity for Cubs of the Year. And you don't know what tree they're going to go up. And I, in in kind of discussing, actually discussing with Mike, uh, what equipment to to bring up here, I didn't know if it would be worth bringing the 600 millimeter. Uh, because it, it does it limits you a little bit and with all these vast big huge backgrounds you know I didn't know if I wanted to limit myself like that but with uh, the Cubs of the Year and these I mean there are Cubs of the Year and then there were these guys because they were tiny that's true they, they were quite small. <laughs> they were pretty young and getting up in the trees and that's one of the things that I wanted for you know for calendar images or for just the cute images that that people want to buy on a postcard, those kind of things. Um, so it gave you even more reach. It gave you gave you the reach to get those tight images and get those cute faces with the, you know, the catch light in their eye and the eye eye expressions even that you could capture with that. But also, you know, mom's right there. 
you don't want to put pressure on mom. So you want to keep as much distance as you can mm -hmm. uh, in those situations, and, and that helped as well. One of the limitations to using that 600 is it is about four times as heavy as the 2 to 5. Right. So one thing that I did today that I haven't, you know, I've been shooting handheld with the 2 to 5 uh, for the most part, but today I went ahead and put it on a monopod. You know, a tripod obviously is more stable, but with the type of shooting where you're you're moving all the time, that kind of thing, using a tripod is not really practical in that situation because you're you're picking it up, you're resetting, you're moving, and it it just would take too long. You'd miss everything, and that's something that I found in Alaska uh, last year photographing bears, is that that tripod became a, a limiting factor. Uh, to the to getting the images that I wanted to get, so put it on a monopod today, and that that worked out great. It, it gave me the ability to support the lens without having to, you know, to hold that weight through that entire shoot. Oh, it'd be hard. You couldn't do. It. I mean, nobody could. It's yeah. too heavy, and it'd be too yeah. cumbersome, and then affects the yeah the shake. And it starts to affect your images. Yeah, yeah and you can't would, have that. So it's smart you can't to have be that, concerned well, about that. Six hundred. You need to have a monopod along. And right. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I use tri tripods were mandatory mm -hmm. for forever well not for, until maybe six five six years ago five years ago mm -hmm. but now they're old school if, if for still photography obviously essential for filming um but uh, you can do be so much more creative with the technology now with the image stabilized lenses and oh yeah and how that is so the, the 600 on the monopod still gives you more flexibility than on a tripod on a lean or oh, you absolutely can, you can move yep. very quickly and you're not you don't have to plant each yep. foot and make sure your your tripod's not you know unbalanced when you're okay to do it you're it's easy to relocate mm -hmm. uh, once you get there you can make quick adjustments if you need to in elevation but it's it's one leg you don't have to adjust three legs and you don't have to level or anything like that so you uh you pretty much take care of all that just with the camera and i one thing that i do that some people don't. Some people lock their uh, the ring, lock it in place right. that holds the that's hooked onto the foot of the camera. I leave that loose so that if I need to rotate to adjust level in the camera, I don't have to worry about rotating the whole monopod. I can just rotate the lens. That's a great tip. A great hack. Ring. It is yeah. because uh, I mean yeah. it throws the whole plane off if it's locked right. and you have to tip the monopod right. Mm -hmm. So if as you tip a monopod, even if the train's uneven. If you're tipping it right or left and you rotate the camera to compensate simultaneously, yeah, you you're can still maintain in the game. good level. Yeah, and there, of course, you can fix some of that in post, but right, that's you know, true. You too. lose yeah, good point. You lose a little bit of that that image or that file when you do that when you adjust, you know, for level. So it, I try to limit how much I have to do that. You, st you know, once in a while you still will, mm -hmm. but I try to limit that, and that's that's one of the ways, one of the things that I use to. To limit that work later on right and and, and handheld I, you know it's something that i've had to take more time to focus mm -hmm. on i mean on the tripod i tried to level things up and take the images now handheld and something's happened so quickly because you're moving to adjust compensation because of foliage or animal movement um, or lighting and that's it's awesome the mobility mm -hmm. that handheld offers a photographer but it's sometimes i in in the heat of the moment of catch, capturing the image, you know the the plane shifts on me, and the whole world's tilted to a slight degree. And that mm -hmm. the fact that we can fix that quickly in post is good because right. it's something without on a tripod does happen a little more often, but it can be repaired. 
um, that way too. And something else, I mean, another benefit I'll just quickly touch on. So just so our, our listeners and viewers know how careful we are with bears, um, not only are we using these large telephoto lenses, but we have the benefit now of these larger sensored cameras and 35 millimeter DSLRs that are up to 45 megapixels. So when we're on a five or a 600 millimeter lens, you know, it's substantially more if we need to, because we can crop a 45 megapixel camera as discussed before to a smaller, smaller file, which is still bigger than the pro cameras were a year or two ago. And therefore mm -hmm. make essentially that lens could be a 1200 or maybe even 1500 millimeter, depending on the application of the image and allows us to really be a, an impressive distance from these bears and keep everything comfortable because that's important, mm -hmm. especially in a cub situation too. So that was a lot of fun. I, was there anything else from that shoot that uh, before I jump into the, or I want to ask you about our next find because I want to call you Hawkeye Ron for how you spotted <laughs> those ones, but get lucky. It's better, ah. it's better to be lucky than good. Okay. Right. All right. Sure. <laughs> I think both are good, actually. Right. Be good and lucky. Uh, that's, but uh, yeah, we had another really cool yeah we situation did. We, come up. We kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday. So we're we're driving along, and I've been harassing these guys about finding the links to photograph. <laughs> and I was looking looking in the trees. You know, I'm I'm the passenger, so when I'm the passenger, I think it's my obligation to be looking for wildlife and not just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. Well, it's fun to look for both of us. And so, and so uh, as we were kind of driving along, I just caught a glimpse of what looked like two cats because they were cat-sized. What looked like two cats standing on top of a kind of a little berm in back inside the tree line. So I got a little bit excited. I thought, holy smokes, we found our lynx because... You know, normally I'm used to looking at fox because I, I photograph red fox and swift fox quite a bit. And so that's, you know, relative size. That's that's what I thought I was looking at. But they definitely were not red. And there's no swift fox in the area where we're at. So I thought for sure that I had found our lynx. So we turned around, came back, took another look, and... It wasn't lynx at all. It was uh, a coyote den. And the, there was two pups standing on top of the den. There was another one that we saw later down in the grass. I've never been able to photograph a coyote den, so I was excited about the opportunity. And we, we tried it um, last night without success. And then uh, just we were, this afternoon, had the opportunity to give it another shot and kind of make a different approach to be a little bit more careful not to not to spook them those kind of things and so we we did we got i i think i probably have five frames right it was it <laughs> was short it was fleeting it, it was short but at the same time it, it was an awesome opportunity just and the the area that they're in it's it's gorgeous in there in the in the tree line so it really lends itself to a great image and and was just a great opportunity and honor to be able to to photograph them yeah super cute oh yeah. just little roly-poly yep. guys and and quite aware for their age too but you're it had there was nice and they picked a good spot for the den because oh, it they was did. hidden in yeah. the trees and like i said you had a great eye to spot them but um there's some big boulders in there it's mm -hmm. just kind of a great habitat for them to learn and play in and and uh, so yeah we had the opportunity to get a few images and so that mm -hmm. was a lot of fun and, and it added diversity to the day a different kind yeah, of challenge it did, definitely and we were in there for maybe trying for a little while and, and 
yeah, it was. I think we saw a couple of the different pups, and mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was a nice surprise yeah. and a nice add-on to the day. It was a nice add-on to the trip. I I never right. would have anticipated that, to be honest with you. Sure, that was the last. It never was on my mind. I would not have predicted it either. <laughs> and I've I've done spring trips to this region uh, for years, and that's I've mm -hmm. never had that opportunity. So it was uh, I've photo filmed coyotes, but not not at a den site. So that was that was a thrill and fun. They're a lot smaller, and the, the adults are cute, albeit I'm not saying anything like that. But these pups were were very very cute. So it was mm -hmm. fun to get in there and have that opportunity. And it will add something new to my portfolio because I don't have any coyote pups either, just adults through the season. So mm -hmm. this, that was good. Look forward to, you know, we're missing Mike tonight, but I look forward to trying to get him on on them with that video camera, and to be able to capture some footage with the with the red. I think, you know, it'll be a little bit easier for him, distance wise, um, but just the opportunity to get those pups playing and. And in the in the area that they're in, I think that could be some amazing footage. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So yeah, I'd like to see that, and I, I think it's, I think it's doable. Oh yeah, right for now, sure. just given the age mm -hmm. that they're at and and this location, and like you say, because of the the, the way the forest is laid out there and all these boulders, mm -hmm. it has enough uh, varying topography that he can find a place to hide at a greater distance, and I think he'll have even more success than we did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it would be awesome if he could get. You know, we were able to capture still images of one pup at a time of the two pups that we saw, but to have two or three of them together at at the mouth or with, you know, interacting in some Up way, playing on top or yeah, yeah, would be would be a great opportunity. So fingers crossed on that for mm -hmm. him, and we'll keep everybody posted as the days go by if that happens. So this has been a stellar start the first two days, and mm -hmm. I, you know I'm really excited about the fun we've had with various bears and, and oh, other yeah. wildlife and scenery and landscapes and lighting and weather and and antics and stuff that we've got up to. Tomorrow we're going to do something entirely different. Uh, we don't know what we'll find. I, I mean, a lot of the similar wildlife species, and what I mean by different is we're going to a whole other area. We're going to drive an hour in a different direction. Um, higher elevation in the mountains. Um, I, there's a place that I frequently have filmed moose over the years uh, because it's up higher and some great lake views. And um, hopefully we'll encounter uh, some more bears up there in, in that different landscape. And who knows what we'll see. That's the excitement of, of, of the wilderness here in the Northern Rockies. And we have links on the list, and, w and we, do, <laughs> we do know... We have this now. We have the spot that we want the links on the list. So we know yeah. we we've heard <laughs> of sightings, um, but you know we just don't know how many animals there are that um, that have been sighted. Whether it's the same one that different people have seen traveling or not. But mm. let's go with the slant that there are three or four of them around, and hopefully <laughs> we'll find one of them. And I'll take it in virtually any scenario. But of course, if it's on some boulder, rock, gnarly, old growth forest scene, which is where we're heading tomorrow it's a lot mm -hmm. more of a old forest a lot of moss um, amazing place to hike in um, just to think yeah it's like being lost in a, in a forest fairy tale yeah if you moss on the trees and some mountain rivers that meander through it kind of place where you want to have a compass in there <laughs> because you can't see the timbers thick Deep, and you're in dark, the mountains yeah. if it's an overcast day you know you just you keep your bearings by having a compass to find your way back out if you end up on a game trail. That's something we like to do. We like to hike in on a trail and glass from high points and just see what we see from there. But mm -hmm. on the, the trek up, hopefully we'll also see some wildlife. And I know there's some mule deer in that higher country, so maybe 
I mean, who knows if there's, you know, a handsome buck growing his antlers. Good velvet buck. Or, yeah. um, you know, it's the beginning of June. There's a possibility of fawns, but I'd be surprised because he's not that mobile yet. It'd have to be just a really lucky encounter to stumble on a newborn fawn. And, of course, respected and photographed from a distance. But, again, we just don't know. It uh, could be harlequin ducks. I, uh, we could even have fun with a marmot or two just to... Mm-hmm. Uh, for part of the day too. We'll see what, what happens, but I'm excited to show that region to you and share it. And hopefully we'll have yeah. as much or even more to share on tomorrow. But that's one thing about wildlife photography and these adventures. We don't know. We've every got days, every day is an adventure. Every day is an adventure. The things you would never expect each day. We've, mm-hmm. we've had uh, wonderful experiences that we could never have predicted, or we can get in, you know, inclement weather that could uh, postpone, uh, success for a day or two but you know we have lots of other things that we can cover if that occurs we actually have uh, yeah we've got some other podcasts that we're going to be doing with a couple of guests that have a lot of interesting stories that we'll be sharing as well in, in mm-hmm. addition to the series that we're doing so um, lots on the go so we'll uh, hit the hay go to bed because it is it's 11 and normally that's not not too bad but given that we're we're up so early and we're up early we go all day which is awesome here we have a limited amount of time you know 10 days or so in the mountains so we want to capitalize on our opportunity in this beautiful place and so we're looking we're hiking we're going all day which feels to me like you know it's like a dream living it up so it's hard not to just keep going but it does Mm -hmm. we do get tired by the end so we're gonna call it a night and thank you for tuning in and we will have another podcast on tomorrow's adventures to share with you before you know it until then, um, you can find our information on wildandexposed.com, our website, and all of our social media links are there. We're on Instagram and whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast or watching it on. Please feel free to give it a positive review or rating, uh, five stars or thumbs up, because that definitely helps us to continue what we love to do here with our passion in the outdoors. And if you have any comments, feel free to share them or questions. Or if there's other content for other future podcasts you'd like us to cover, then by all means, mention that and send us a note. And until then, enjoy the outdoors and uh, we'll be in touch soon.